Section 4. Russian government links to and contacts with the Trump campaign. The office identified multiple contacts links, in the words of the appointment order between Trump campaign officials and individuals with ties to the Russian government. The office investigated whether those contacts constituted a third avenue of attempted Russian interference with or influence on the 2016 presidential election. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Who takes something you already know? The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. For Stitcher Smart Radio, Potable, and more. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In particular, the investigation examined whether these contacts involved or resulted in coordination or a conspiracy with the Trump campaign and Russia, including with respect to Russia providing assistance to the campaign in exchange for any sort of favorable treatment in the future. Based on the available information, the investigation did not establish such coordination. This section describes the principal links between the Trump campaign and individuals with ties to the Russian government, including some contacts with campaign officials or associates that have been publicly reported to involve Russian contacts. Each subsection begins with an overview of the Russian contact at issue and then describes in detail the relevant facts, which are generally presented in chronological order, beginning with the early months of the campaign and extending through the post-election, transition period. A. Campaign period September 2015 to November 8, 2016. 
Russian government-connected individuals and media entities began showing interest in Trump's campaign in the months after he announced his candidacy in June 2015.288 because Trump's status as a public figure at the time was attributable in large part to his prior business and entertainment dealings. This office investigated whether a business contact with Russia linked individuals and entities during the campaign period the Trump Tower Moscow Project. See Volume 1, Section IV, A. I. Infra led to or involved coordination of election assistance. Outreach from individuals with ties to Russia continued in the spring and summer of 2016, when Trump was moving toward and eventually becoming the Republican nominee for president. For example, on August 18, 2015, on behalf of the editor-in-chief of the internet newspaper VZGLYAD, Georgia Satrian emailed campaign press secretary Hope Hicks asking for a phone or in-person candidate interview. 81815 email, a Satrian to Hicks. One day earlier, the publication's founder and former Russian parliamentarian Konstantin Rykov had registered two Russian websites Trump2016.ru and DonaldTrump2016.ru. No interview took place. 1. Trump Tower Moscow Project the Trump Organization has pursued and completed projects outside the United States as part of its real estate portfolio. Some projects have involved the acquisition and ownership through subsidiary corporate structures of property. In other cases, the Trump Organization has executed licensing deals with real estate developers and management companies, often local to the country where the project was located. Between at least 2013 and 2016, the Trump Organization explored a similar licensing deal in Russia involving the construction of a Trump-branded property in Moscow. The project, commonly referred to as a Trump Tower Moscow or Trump Moscow project, anticipated a combination of commercial, hotel, and residential properties all within the same building. Between 2013 and June 2016, several employees of the Trump Organization, including then-president of the organization Donald J. Trump, pursued a Moscow deal with several Russian counterparties. From the fall of 2015 until the middle of 2016, Michael Cohen spearheaded the Trump Organization's pursuit of a Trump Tower Moscow project, including by reporting on the project's status to candidate Trump and other executives in the Trump Organization. A. Trump Tower Moscow Venture with the Crocus Group 2013-2014 The Trump Organization and the Crocus Group, a Russian real estate conglomerate owned and controlled by Aras Agalarov, began discussing a Russia-based real estate project shortly after the conclusion of the 2013 Miss Universe pageant in Moscow. Donald J. Trump Jr. served as the primary negotiator on behalf of the Trump Organization. Emin Agalarov, son of Aras Agalarov and Irakli Ike Kavaladze, represented the Crocus Group during negotiations, with the occasional assistance of Robert Goldstone. In December 2013, Kavaladze and Trump Jr. negotiated and signed preliminary terms of an agreement for the Trump Tower Moscow project. On December 23, 2013, after discussions with Donald J. Trump, the Trump Organization agreed to accept an arrangement whereby the organization received a flat 3.5% commission on all sales, with no licensing fees or incentives. The parties negotiated a letter of intent during January and February 2014. From January 2014 through November 2014, the Trump Organization and Crocus Group discussed development plans for the Moscow Project. 
Sometime before January 24, 2014, the Crocus Group sent the Trump Organization a proposal for a 800-unit, 194-meter building to be constructed at an Agalarov-owned site in Moscow called Crocus City, which had also been the site of the Miss Universe pageant. In February 2014, Ivanka Trump met with Emin Agalarov and toured the Crocus City site during a visit to Moscow. From March 2014 through July 2014, the groups discussed design standards and other architectural elements. For example, in July 2014, members of the Trump Organization sent Crocus Group counterparties questions about the demographics of these prospective buyers in the Crocus City area, the development of neighboring parcels in Crocus City, and concepts for redesigning portions of the building. In August 2014, the Trump Organization requested specifications for a competing Marriott-branded tower being built in Crocus City. Beginning in September 2014, the Trump Organization stopped responding in a timely fashion to correspondence and proposals from the Crocus Group. Communications between the two groups continued through November 2014 with decreasing frequency, what appears to be the last communication is dated November 24, 2014. The project appears not to have developed past the planning stage, and no construction occurred. B. Communications with LC. Expert Investment Company and Georgi R.T. Skaladze Summer and Fall 2015. In the late summer of 2015, the Trump Organization received a new inquiry about pursuing a Trump Tower project in Moscow. In approximately September 2015, Felix Satter, a New York-based real estate advisor, contacted Michael Cohen, then executive vice president of the Trump Organization and special counsel to Donald J. Trump. Satter had previously worked with the Trump Organization and advised it on a number of domestic and international projects. Satter had explored the possibility of a Trump Tower project in Moscow while working with the Trump Organization and therefore knew of the organization's general interest in completing a deal there. Satter had also served as an informal agent of the Trump Organization in Moscow previously and had accompanied Ivanka Trump and Donald Trump Jr. to Moscow in the mid-2000s. Satter contacted Cohen on behalf of L.C. Expert Investment Company L.C. Expert, a Russian real estate development corporation controlled by Andrei Vladimirovich Rizov.307 Satter had known Rizov since approximately 2007 and, in 2014, had served as an agent on behalf of Rizov during Rizov's purchase of a building in New York City.308 Satter later contacted Rizov and proposed that L.C. Expert pursue a Trump Tower Moscow project in which I.C. Expert would license the name and brand from the Trump Organization but construct the building on its own. This free audio is provided by MullerReportAudioBook.com. Satter worked on the deal with Rizov and another employee of IC. Expert. Cohen was the only Trump Organization representative to negotiate directly with IC. Expert or its agents. In approximately September 2015, Cohen obtained approval to negotiate with LC. Expert from candidate Trump, who was then president of the Trump Organization. 
Cohen provided updates directly to Trump about the project throughout 2015 and into 2016, assuring him the project was continuing. Point three one degree Cohen also discussed the Trump Moscow project with Ivanka Trump as to design elements such as possible architects to use for the project and Donald J. Trump Jr. about his experience in Moscow and possible involvement in the project during the fall of 2015. Also during the fall of 2015, Cohen communicated about the Trump Moscow proposal with Georgi R. T. Skaladze, a business executive who previously had been involved in a development deal with the Trump Organization in Batumi, Georgia. Cohen stated that he spoke to R. T. Skaladze in part because R. T. Skaladze had pursued business ventures in Moscow, including a licensing deal with the Agalarov-owned Crocus Group. On September 22, 2015, Cohen forwarded a preliminary design study for the Trump Moscow project to R.T. Skaladze, adding I look forward to your reply about this spectacular project in Moscow. R.T. Skaladze forwarded Cohen's email to an associate and wrote, If we could organize the meeting in New York at the highest level of the Russian government and Mr. Trump this project would definitely receive the worldwide attention. On September 24, 2015, R.T. Skaladze sent Cohen an attachment that he described as a proposed letter to the mayor of Moscow from Trump Org, explaining that we need to send this letter to the mayor of Moscow second guy in Russia he is aware of the potential project and will pledge his support. In a second email to Cohen sent the same day, R.T. Skaladze provided a translation of the Jeter, which described the Trump Moscow project as a symbol of stronger economic, business and cultural relationships between New York and Moscow and therefore United States and the Russian Federation. Point three one seven On September 27, 2015, R.T. Skaladze sent another email to Cohen, proposing that the Trump Organization partner on the Trump Moscow project with Global Development Group LLC which he described as being controlled by Mikhail Posikin, a Russian architect, and Simon Nizhirodza. 318 Cohen told the office that he ultimately declined the proposal and instead continued to work with L.C. Expert, the company represented by Felix Satter. C. Letter of Intent and Contacts to Russian Government October 2015 to January 2016. I. Trump signs the Letter of Intent on behalf of the Trump Organization. Between approximately October 13, 2015 and November 2, 2015, the Trump Organization through its subsidiary Trump Acquisition, LLC and LC. Expert completed a letter of intent LOI for a Trump Moscow property. The LOI, signed by Trump for the Trump Organization and Resolve on behalf of LC. Expert, was intended to facilitate further discussions in order to attempt to enter into a mutually acceptable agreement related to the Trump brand ED project in Moscow. The LOI contemplated a development with residential, hotel, commercial, and office components, and called for approximately 250 first-class, luxury residential condominiums, as well as one first-class, luxury hotel consisting of approximately 15 floors and containing not fewer than 150 hotel rooms. Point three two one for the residential and commercial portions of the project, the Trump Organization would receive between 1% and 5% of all condominium sales plus 3% of all rental and other revenue. For the project's hotel portion, the Trump Organization would receive a base fee of 3% of gross operating revenues for the first five years and 4% thereafter, plus a separate incentive fee of 20% of operating profit. 
324 under the LOI, the Trump Organization also would receive a $4 million upfront fee prior to groundbreaking. Under these terms, the Trump Organization stood to earn substantial sums over the lifetime of the project, without assuming significant liabilities or financing commitments. On November 3, 2015, the day after the Trump Organization transmitted the LOI, Satter emailed Cohen suggesting that the Trump Moscow project could be used to increase candidate Trump's chances at being elected, writing, Buddy our boy can become president of the USA and we can engineer it. I will get all of Putin's team to buy in on this, I will manage this process. Michael, Putin gets on stage with Donald for a ribbon cutting for Trump Moscow, and Donald owns the Republican nomination and possibly beats Hillary and our boy is in. We will manage this process better than anyone. You and I will get Donald and Vladimir on a stage together very shortly. That the game changer. Later that day, Satter followed up. Donald doesn't stare down, he negotiates and understands the economic issues and Putin only want to deal with a pragmatic leader, and a successful businessman is a good candidate for someone who knows how to negotiate. Business, politics, whatever it all is the same for someone who knows how to deal. I think I can get Putin to say that at the Trump Moscow press conference. If he says it we own this election. America's most difficult adversary agreeing that Donald is a good guy to negotiate. We can own this election. Michael my next steps are very sensitive with Putin's very very close people, we can pull this off. Michael let's go. Two boys from Brooklyn getting a USA president elected. This is good really good. According to Cohen, he did not consider the political import of the Trump Moscow project to the 2016 US presidential election at the time. Cohen also did not recall candidate Trump or anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign discussing the political implications of the Trump Moscow project with him. However, Cohen recalled conversations with Trump in which the candidate suggested that his campaign would be a significant infomercial for Trump-branded properties. E. Post-LOI contacts with individuals in Russia. Given the size of the Trump Moscow project, Satter and Cohen believed the project required approval whether express or implicit from the Russian national government, including from the presidential administration of Russia. 330 Satter stated that he therefore began to contact the presidential administration through another Russian business contact. In early negotiations with the Trump Organization, Satter had alluded to the need for government approval and his attempts to set up meetings with Russian officials. On October 12, 2015, for example, Satter wrote to Cohen that all we need is Putin on board and we are golden, and that a meeting with Putin and top deputy is tentatively set for 14 October. This meeting was being coordinated by associates in Russia and that he had no direct interaction with the Russian government. Approximately a month later, after the LOI had been signed, Lana Urchova emailed Ivanka Trump on behalf of Urchova's then-husband Dmitry Klokov to offer Klokov's assistance to the Trump campaign. Klokov was at that time Director of External Communications for PJSC Federal Grid Company of Unified Energy System, a large Russian electricity transmission company, and had been previously employed as an aide and press secretary to Russia's energy minister. Ivanka Trump forwarded the email to Cohen.335 He told the office that, after receiving this inquiry, he had conducted an internet search for Klokov's name and concluded incorrectly that Klokov was a former Olympic weightlifter.
Between November 18 and 19, 2015, Klokov and Cohen had at least one telephone call and exchanged several emails. Describing himself in emails to Cohen as a trusted person who could offer the campaign political synergy and synergy on a government level, Klokov recommended that Cohen travel to Russia to speak with him and an unidentified intermediary. Klokov said that those conversations could facilitate a later meeting in Russia between the candidate and an individual Klokov described as our person of interest. Lane an email to the office, Urchova later identified the person of interest as Russian President Vladimir Putin. In the telephone call and follow-on emails with Klokov, Cohen discussed his desire to use a near-term trip to Russia to do site surveys and talk over the Trump-Moscow project with local developers. Cohen registered his willingness also to meet with Klokov and the unidentified intermediary, but was emphatic that all meetings in Russia involving him or candidate Trump including a possible meeting between candidate Trump and Putin would need to be in conjunction with the development and an official visit with the Trump Organization receiving a formal invitation to visit. Klokov had written previously that the visit by candidate Trump to Russia has to be informal. Klokov had also previously recommended to Cohen that he separate their negotiations over a possible meeting between Trump and the person of interest from any existing business track. Re-emphasizing that his outreach was not done on behalf of any business, Klokov added in second email to Cohen that, if publicized well, such a meeting could have phenomenal impact in a business dimension and that the person of interest's most important support could have significant ramifications for the level of projects and their capacity. Klokov concluded by telling Cohen that there was no bigger warranty in any project than the consent of the person of interest. Cohen rejected the proposal, saying that currently our LOI developer is in talks with VP's chief of staff and arranging a formal invite for the two to meet. This email appears to be their final exchange, and the investigation did not identify evidence that Cohen brought Klokov's initial offer of assistance to the campaign's attention or that anyone associated with the Trump Organization or the campaign dealt with Klokov at a later date. This free audio is provided by MullerReportAudioBook.com. Cohen explained that he did not pursue the proposed meeting because he was already working on the Moscow project with Satter, who Cohen understood to have his own connections to the Russian government. By late December 2015, however, Cohen was complaining that Satter had not been able to use those connections to set up the promised meeting with Russian government officials. Cohen told Satter that he was setting up the meeting myself. On January 11, 2016, Cohen emailed the office of Dmitry Peskov, the Russian government's press secretary, indicating that he desired contact with Sergei Ivanov, Putin's chief of staff. Cohen erroneously used the email address pr underscore peskova at propress.gov.ru instead of pr underscore peskova at propress.gov.ru, so the email apparently did not go through. On January 14, 2016, Cohen emailed a different address info at propress.gov.ru with the following message. Dear Mr. Peskov, over the past few months, I have been working with a company based in Russia regarding the development of a Trump Tower Moscow project in Moscow City. Without getting into lengthy specifics, the communication between our two sides has stalled. As this project is too important, I am hereby requesting your assistance. I respectfully request someone, preferably you, contact me so that I might discuss the specifics as well as arranging meetings with the appropriate individuals. 
I thank you in advance for your assistance and look forward to hearing from you soon. Two days later, Cohen sent an email to pr-peskova at propress.gov.ru, repeating his request to speak with Sergei Ivanov. Cohen testified to Congress, and initially told the office, that he did not recall receiving a response to this email inquiry and that he decided to terminate any further work on the Trump-Moscow project as of January 2016. Cohen later admitted that these statements were false. In fact, Cohen had received and recalled receiving a response to his inquiry, and he continued to work on and update candidate Trump on the project through as late as June 2016. On January 20, 2016, Cohen received an email from Elena Polyakova, Peskov's personal assistant. Writing from her personal email account, Polyakova stated that she had been trying to reach Cohen and asked that he call her on the personal number that she provided. Shortly after receiving Polyakova's email, Cohen called and spoke to her for 20 minutes. Cohen described to Polyakova his position at the Trump Organization and outlined the proposed Trump-Moscow project, including information about the Russian counterparty with which the Trump Organization had partnered. Cohen requested assistance in moving the project forward, both in securing land to build the project and with financing. According to Cohen, Polyakova asked detailed questions and took notes, stating that she would need to follow up with others in Russia. Cohen could not recall any direct follow-up from Polyakova or from any other representative of the Russian government, nor did the office identify any evidence of direct follow-up. However, the day after Cohen's call with Polyakova, Satter texted Cohen, asking him to call me when you have a few minutes to chat. It's about Putin they called today. Satter then sent a draft invitation for Cohen to visit Moscow to discuss the Trump-Moscow project, along with a note to tell me if the letter is good as amended by me or make whatever changes you want and send it back to me. After a further round of edits, on January 25, 2016, Satter sent Cohen an invitation signed by Andrei Ryabinsky of the company MHJ to travel to Moscow for a working visit about the prospects of development and the construction business in Russia, the various land plots available suited for construction of this enormous tower, and the Apo one Tunity to co-ordinate a follow-up visit to Moscow by Mr. Donald Trump. 356 According to Cohen, he elected not to travel at the time because because of concerns about the lack of concrete proposals about land plots that could be considered as options for the project. D. Discussions about Russia travel by Michael Cohen or candidate Trump December 2015 to June 2016. I. Satyr's overtures to Cohen to travel to Russia. The late January com underscore unication was neither the first nor the last time that Cohen contemplated visiting Russia in pursuit of the Trump-Moscow project. Beginning in late 2015, Satter repeatedly tried to arrange for Cohen and candidate Trump, as representatives of the Trump Organization, to travel to Russia to meet with Russian government officials and possible financing partners. In December 2015, Satter sent Cohen a number of emails about logistics for traveling to Russia for meetings. On December 19, 2015, Satter wrote, Please call me I have Evgeny Davoskin on the other line. He needs a copy of your and Donald's passports they need a scan of every page of the passports. Invitations and visas will be issued this week by VTB Bank to discuss financing for Trump Tower Moscow. Politically neither Putin's office nor Ministry of Foreign Affairs cannot issue invite, so they are inviting commercially, business. 
VTB as Russia's two biggest bank and VTB Bank CEO Andrei Kostin, will be at all meetings with Putin so that it is a business meeting not political. We will be invited to Russian consulate this week to receive invite and have visa issued. In response, Cohen texted Satter an image of his own passport. Cohen told the office that at one point he requested a copy of candidate Trump's passport from Rona Graf, Trump's executive assistant at the Trump Organization, and that Graf later brought Trump's passport to Cohen's office. The investigation did not, however, establish that the passport was forwarded to Satter. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10, we did not know each other. And we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA, it is because America has not invested in its people. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. Here we are. You're wrong. Are you better off than you were four years ago? Fellow Americans, it's time, it's time to speak out. They're looking for help. They're looking for help. They're not looking for more of the same. When people lose their jobs, there's a good chance I'll know them by their names. When a factory closes, I know the people who ran it. When the businesses go bankrupt, I know them. We won't be we will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, yes we, we can. can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And when we get enough money, honey, we'll bring you down. But their children were saved. And their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is... What will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. destroying our nation.
democratic socialism means that we must reform a political system which is corrupt. That we must create an economy that works for all, not just the very wealthy. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.